other acts of violence, frequently involving the attentions of a woman. And Mr. Evans fits the criteria of a malignant narcissist, charming, highly intelligent as you've witnessed. But malignant narcissists are compelled to prove their superiority. Everything's a seduction. And if they're rejected or things don't go their way, they lose control. In 2003, I decided to take another stab at college. After all, we're supposed to have our lives together by 25. Career, marriage, children. I enrolled at ECPI, College of Technology. While there, I had the pleasure of meeting some dope people. In my HTML class, I met this guy I'll call Chris. Chris sat behind me in class. One day, I overheard him having a discussion with our classmate about who had the goodest hair. I turned around and looked and said him, thinking to myself, he's cute. As the school year went on, we developed a friendship and I soon developed a crush. I mentioned it to one of our classmates. She told me she thought he had a girlfriend but wasn't sure. So we came up with a plan for him to help me with my homework. He okayed for her to give me his number, so I called. He swung by my apartment and helped me with my assignment. He soon began to swing by more often. We had gotten so close, he used to spend the night and sleep at the foot of my bed. After about six months, I emailed Chris telling him I wanted to be more than just friends. He responded back stating that he would love to be more. Now the guy who slept at the foot of my bed was now in my bed. One night after dinner at Olive Garden, we arrived at my apartment. He told me to go ahead inside since he had left something in his car. After coming in the house, Chris came in shortly afterwards. He told me it spotted his ex-girlfriend's car, but as he approached, the car had drove away. I said, I thought y'all had broken up. He replied, we did, but she wanted to work things out. As time moved on, he mentioned his mom wanted him to move out. So we started looking for an apartment. After about a month had passed, he informed me that he had gotten an apartment and furniture. He said his mom helped him pick out the furniture and he had already moved in and wanted it to be a surprise. Responded, that ain't no fucking surprise. Eventually, I went to visit his apartment, which was set up nicely. I spent a couple of nights, then left for work the next morning. As time passed, he came, became distant, and calls were soon non-existent. So I said to myself, F it. One night, he popped up at my house as I was cooking dinner. He told me he missed me and questioned what I had been up to. After conversing, I agreed to dinner at his place. That week, not sure if plans would fall through, I decided to eat before going to his place. I noticed... Excuse me, I worked second shift. Once I had gotten to Chris' apartment, he was preparing dinner, shrimp alfredo. I told him I had already ate, but sat down and nibbled on the alfredo, which was pretty good. He was disappointed, but prepped my plate for the next day. One night after work, we decided that I'd come to his place to spend the night. Upon my arrival, I noticed Chris jumping out of his car. I asked him, where are you going? He responded, 
to ride around the block. He proceeded to go upstairs and I followed. Once in the house, he turned on the TV. I sat down on the couch and began watching TV. I noticed Chris pacing back and forth, peeping through the blinds. I asked him what was going on. He replied, you know that car that pulled up as you was coming up the stairs? That was my ex-girlfriend. I said, what? I stood up. I thought you all were broken up. He replied, we were broken up, but we got back together. So you lied, and why are we standing in the dark? I flipped the light on, he flipped the light off. I flipped the light back on, he flipped the light back off. I asked, why are we standing in the dark? He replied, that's the way I chill. I said, that's not the way you chill, stupid, then stormed out. There I was, driving down the road with my heart in my lap, looking at the rearview mirror, wondering if he would come after me, but he didn't. Here it was over in the morning, and I'm wondering, who could I call? I called my cousin T. Weezy, surprised that he was up over in the morning. I swung by. He was sitting in the living room drinking beer and watching TV. Later that week, I'm sitting in class checking my emails, and I noticed an email from Chris. The email basically stated he had chosen his ex, them having history, and questioned how would I feel if I was sickly and I didn't have anyone to love me unconditionally. I'm sitting there thinking, this really wrote me a letter. A few weeks had passed, and I received a congratulations text from him for graduating. I ignored it and moved on with my life. Within that month, my sister had thrown me a graduation party where I was introduced to my future, my children's father. Five years had passed, and my children's father and I were no longer together. Chris had crossed my mind, so I reached out to him on Facebook. Yeah, I know. Hey, big head. Chris responded back, hey, and questioned what made me contact him. I let him know that he crossed my mind, and we began to catch up and connect daily. I told him I was a mom of two and worked at a software company. He mentioned moving to Atlanta and working remotely for a company where he intercepts emails. We began to talk daily by phone, email, and messenger. He would send me funny skits of comedians. He soon decided to come to South Carolina from Atlanta. I gave him my address and he picked me up. We ate at trios, then sat and talked in the park. Afterwards, he went back to my house and we talked. One day, I began browsing on his Facebook being nosy. I noticed a friend tagging him in a picture with a woman's name. I clicked on the woman's name, and to my surprise, he was in a full-blown relationship. Again, I thought to myself, this liar. I sent him a text about it. He asked me why was I looking through his page. My response was, it is what it is. He responded, it is what it was. A couple of years had passed by since the last time we talked and he reached out to me. I asked him, what did he want? Somebody to occupy his time? He responded he was in town and was just reaching out. I didn't res respond. Besides, I had two toddlers I was focused on. In 2013, I had 
bought a house for me and my babies. I was so excited. I posted two keys on Facebook and acknowledged owning a piece of America. The ironic part about this time is when a co-worker and I was walking down Main Street. A Mideastern woman ran me down yelling, Ma'am, ma'am, your ex thinks about you all the time and someone in your family is really jealous of you. She looked at my co-worker and said, Your spirit is fine, ma'am, and looked back at me and repeated what she initially told me. She handed me a card and told me to come speak with her. I put the card in my back pocket and turned around, then started back walking. To this day, I never heard or seen that woman again. I had no idea she was preparing me for a fight of my life. While viewing Facebook, I began seeing subliminal posts from a fan page I followed. The administrator posted questioning if 33 was too old to purchase a house. The subscribers responded no, but after a few posts of the same type question, one posted that the admin appeared jealous. I, start, I soon started seeing weird posts from an inspirational page. The posts were cryptic, as if the administrator was going through something, but trying to motivate or inspire themselves to get out of their funk. After a bit of time, I began to get annoyed with the post. I posted a subliminal message on my page, and shortly afterwards, the page responded subliminally. I sat, said to myself, oh, snap, they can see my posts. So I deleted all inspirational pages and then followed Christian pages. I continued to post inspirational quotes each morning before work. I soon noticed Pastor Maurice did too. I said to myself, not again. I know I'm not going crazy. So I began posting at 6 a.m. and he would soon post soon after. When Pastor Maurice went live, he wouldn't start speaking until I liked his posts. I soon would not only like his posts, but comment. A Christian lady from Atlanta who I followed, who also followed Maurice, began crushing on him. She started going live, flaunting her Bentley and businesses. One of her Christian friends who I followed began posting subliminal posts instigating she soon posted you can tell who he's talking to just pay attention then her christian friends started posting inspirational quotes and going live in the early a.m it soon turned into a thing i began thinking what in the hell is going on pastor maurice did too i could tell from his posts one of the ladies christian ladies friends went live subliminally speaking about the year and color of my car with other pertinent information that only someone I knew would know. That's when I realized it was Chris. The crowd of followers began taunting Maurice and I, then pressuring him to talk to the girl from Atlanta. He soon did, but that was short-lived when old girl started blowing up his spot, so he had a shotgun wedding on her. Chris soon inboxed her. They began screwing. I didn't care, but was surprised by his character and nonchalant and carefree attitude. How did I know? Well, her Christian friends began going live discussing their relationship. 
I soon stopped following them, but couldn't understand why I'm being constantly slandered and triangulated. I sat down, I, excuse me, I shut down Facebook and went on YouTube. The people that I was subscribed to began discussing what was going on on Facebook. One night, I fell asleep next to my laptop and awakened over in the morning. Said my prayers, closed the laptop, and went to sleep. The next day, the commentators began taunting me about my prayer. It freaked me out. How in the hell did he get into my house? I reached out to Chris via Facebook and questioned why is he doing this and to leave me alone. He viewed the post but never responded. I tried filing a restraining order since he was telling people he lived with his mother. That fell through since the constable was informed he had not lived in South Carolina for 10 years but lived in Atlanta. I went to the police who sent me to white collar crime. They in turn sent me to the FBI. I went month after month and didn't get anywhere. I was promised a call back, told to prove my case and even informed they hire people to do what he does. I left the branch feeling helpless and bothered, bothered by the fact that I had to figure out how this motherfucker was getting into my house. I had to sit back and think to when and why this all happened. I remember cleaning out old emails years ago and noticed an email from Chris. I reopened the email and it dispersed something as if it was a virus. That's when it dawned on me. When we were sending emails, instant messages, and text messages back and forth, they were all embedded with spyware. I also remembered after our little thing ended, my apartment hardwired smoke detector went off in the morning. I took the battery out, which did not fix the problem. I contacted my local fire department and was told that it was hardwired and had to contact my rental office. I contacted the rental, off rental office later that morning and they fixed the problem. However, that did not negate the fact of having similar issues in my house. I've experienced receiving spyware, hacking of my smoke detectors, electrical, HVAC, washer and dryer, landline, cell phone, coax cable, light bulbs, ceiling fans, push remote, deleting of computer files and external drive and from the external drives, monitor and flat screen TV, businesses and institutions, Facebook and Instagram, people and prospectives. My smoke detector would go off over in the morning, anytime between 12 a.m. and 5 a.m., as well as my plug-in carbon monoxide detector, hitting one at a time throughout the house and making them alert. He was able to physically see me through the detectors. I disconnected the battery and wire. I now only use battery-operated detectors inside my house. HVAC, he's able to mess with the components inside of my thermostats. When off, I constantly hear clicking over and over and over until I turn the unit on to a feasible temperature in order to, for it to not come on. Washer and dryer. I had a front load washing machine for 13 years that clunked out. It wouldn't complete a full cycle or ring closed, so I purchased 
a new top load machine. Everything was fine until my dryer started coming on over in the morning, beeping. Yes, coming on by itself. It had gotten so bad, me or my son would go and flip the breaker switch. Oftentimes, I, would, I was able to get through a full cycle. Other times, I would fight continuously to get through a full cycle because he kept powering the dryer off. He literally made a song out of the beeps as if he was pressing enter over and over. It's amazing how someone could control an electronic dryer. After a period of time of dealing with the issue over and over, I went and bought a basic manual dryer. And I haven't had a problem since. Landline. When using my landline at home or at work, I would continuously hear a faint clicking sound over and over in the background. Cell phone. I had my cell phone number for 15 years until he started calling me, breathing over the phone. I changed my number and phone number, number numerous times, but still couldn't get him out of my phone. It wasn't until I was carrying my iPhone and an Android. I felt a phone vibrate. I looked at both phones. The phone appeared normal. However, the Android defaulted to China. That's when I realized he's able to remote connect to the phones. The power lies in the SIM card. He's able to set up a man in the middle via cell phone tower. I know if he's in mine, could you imagine how many others? Now I just keep the SIM card popped out when necessary so the world can't hear me using my vibrator. Ceiling fan remote. He's able to power on the light through the remote. Computer. It appears that he was in the boot sector of my PC. Since he was able to remote control my PC, he had the capability to delete files. He took my college business plan and gave it to, the, to his web of followers so they would taunt me. I can tell you this. Antiviruses, they do work, but once someone has access to the boot sector of your PC, the PC is trash. Monitoring flat screen. He's able to see through my home. I'm not sure if it's the TV or the bulbs. Yes, you can hack an ordinary LED bulb. Forbes did a write-up on it. It's called the Leamkin test, L-E-A-M-K-I-N test. However, I didn't see a write-up about the CFL bulbs, which are going extinct. Those are the curly bulbs. Businesses and institutions. He hacked into my job and college only to continuously monitor me, even at the county library. The feds have access to remotely connect to any library to monitor or intercept data. Electrical. While watching television one night, my solar nightlight began to pulse blinking off and on the same type of pulse when he connected to my wi-fi i thought to myself what if he's coming through my electrical i decided to test my theory i wiped my network clean without any computer connection i connected a motorola adapter to a poe filter the poe to a modem modem to a sonic firewall firewall to a router, router to a switch. I ran a Cat5 cable to my television downstairs, turned on the TV and turned off the lights, then waited. I noticed a signal hitting the TV as it 
as if it was a start to a buff. You could tell a signal was trying to penetrate the TV with no success. The solar light appeared as normal since he, there was no success to connectivity at that time. It held him down a couple of days until he was able to successfully connect back to the house network. However, it slowed him down a bit since Cat5 cables are connected to each device instead of all devices being connected to Wi-Fi. Facebook and Instagram. Since he has access to my phone and home network, intercepted and put, on, put in place of his, he's able to manipulate my Instagram and Facebook pages, edit people's posts or pictures. He has full control to show me what he wants me to see. I figured that out when my gay Facebook friend posts were about women. I had so many duplicate friends, I had to end up deleting the page. The water main. He connects to my copper water line. The water is off. When I'm downstairs, you can hear the connect. It sounds of a jamming of a pencil into an electric sharpener without the pencil being sharpened. It's a nine second buzz. It's the same sound but faint in the wall outlet next to my bed before my phone alarm goes off. I haven't seen Chris in 13 years. Thinking back to our conversation and interactions, he's always been this way. I miss the red flags as well as others. This is what happens when you give someone that is inherently manipulative, smart, and attractive a government position. They abuse it by becoming a menace to society. Then when someone threatens to whistleblow, he sets off to make their lives a living hell by developing a devious cult that people didn't know that they were inducted into. This tomfoolery has been going on for almost eight years. So you don't think you was inducted into a cult? Here are seven elements that can lead to indoctrinations through meet and greet. Thanks, Netflix. Number one, you're at a crossroads or transition in your life where you're going through something. Number two is the soft sell, where you meet very charismatic people during the meet and greet. They provide a sense of belonging. Number three, new reality. You're being closed off from the world, no longer communicating with friends or relative in person or social media. Your attention is shifted and being redirected and you're suddenly being dependent on your leader to provide information. Number four, dear leader, introduction. You begin to follow and they begin leading a path and dictating. Number five, the enemy. You become able, unable to reason. Cognitive dissonance begin to take over and you are no longer using your mind and begin to listen to your cult leader. Number six, peer pressure. This is scaled up control. Wanting to be a part of a group or included. For an example, everyone was in an experiment except one. 
all were in agreement to an incorrect answer, which caused the one to doubt themselves and go along with the group. This is an example of conformity. That's what the cult leader uses in order to take control. Number seven, creation of the sociopath or psychopathic narcissist. Yep, we're all pawns in a game, groomed and conditioned, some more than others. You never know who people really are. But once you know, you begin to put things in perspective and hopefully realize you can't buy back time once it's spent. My name is Mary, but you can call me Lotus, Lotus Flower, a flower that grows in the murkiest conditions, revered for its resilience and beauty. I think most of us are symbols of this flower. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked and Loaded podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe.